Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. Hey, listeners, before we get started, I'd like to take a moment to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's episode, Mystery. Mystery makes meaningful connections for employees at work. By breaking down silos and engaging employees, Mystery boosts morale and builds connections across teams by curating virtual events based on employees' shared interests. By matching the right people with the right events, Mystery Events drives an average attendance of 87% compared to the industry average of 50%. With hundreds of quality vetted events, Mystery has something for every team. For a limited time, listeners of the HR Works podcast can get two events for the price of one. Head over to trymystery.com slash hrworks. That's trymystery.com slash hrworks to book your first event and get your second one free. In today's episode, we're joined by Estella Zuno, Director of Employee Experience at Actalent, an engineering and science services and talent solutions company. Estelle has nearly 30 years of experience in attracting and retaining talented professionals and has held various roles over two decades in recruiting. During her tenure, she has promoted more than 70 people, including multiple director-level positions, and is frequently a guest speaker and panelist, especially related to women in leadership, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the employee experience. Estelle, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. And we brought you here today to talk about the return to work and the push to return to work that so many companies are now seeing as businesses turn the calendar into September, rounding out 2022. But before we dive into that experience and really what's driving a lot of companies looking to come back into the office, I want to learn more about you. So if you don't mind, can you tell us a bit about your journey, what led you to pursuing a career in recruiting and people operations, and what you currently work on as the Director of Employee Experience at Actalent? Well, so I've been with the company for almost 30 years. I just hit my 29th year last week. And I started off, I'm obviously director of employee experience now, but like most people in our company, I started off as a recruiter in the technical field and I recruited for quite some time. And what attracted me to this specific industry was just the opportunity to help people with their careers. You know, you really are a career advisor in, in the role of recruiting. Um, and then I, you know, went into the account management role, and that was really more of a client advisor, consultant to them on how to best staff and fulfill their hiring needs. And from there, I went into running the whole Los Angeles operation, and I did that for over 25 years. So I did all of the hiring in that office and just basically worked on both the client side and the recruiting side. So I've been, um, I was in the field living in the field for you know 28 years and then just more recently have joined the employee experience group. That's great. And you explain a bit more about that director of employee experience role. I know it was newly created specifically yeah. for you. And it's a really surging topic that we're seeing in the HR space with the employee experience becoming the priority for so many companies. So tell us a bit more about what you work on. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I had gone back and forth. It was time for me to make a career change. I'd been in the same role for over 24 years and um, it worked out amazingly with balancing my family and children. Um, But once my kids went to college, it was time for me to try something new. And I went back and forth with the president of our company and he basically created this job, just knowing that people and engagement of people has always been my number one priority. And so honestly, I spent the first two months just actively listening to our employees and figuring out what's working, what's not working, and where can we tweak things. And so 
from an engagement standpoint, I've really focused on how to make sure we're engaging our different levels. You know, everyone's at different areas of development in their career um, and just focusing on how do we engage with these different groups of people from age zero to two years, two to five years, five plus, because everyone has different needs and trying to accommodate to those different needs and different programs that we're creating has been um, really exciting and fun because I'm able to kind of impact different groups of people throughout the company. That's so great to hear. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, the employee experience has absolutely come to the forefront, especially in this great resignation or great reshuffle era that we're in. And again, having a concerted effort and concerted focus on that and building a plan and an experience that, as you mentioned, is so different from new hires to long-term employees that all have a different and unique experience and requirement and need. And really having a focus on that is just so crucial, especially in this current era. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So speaking of employee experience, we're now recording this episode in the week following Labor Day, the unofficial end of summer, turning the page into fall. And many companies are using that opportunity to either bring their teams back into the office or really engage in discussions of what that means, bringing teams back into the office, changing the employee experience that has been so different over the last two years where so many of us moved remotely. So what's driving a lot of companies and teams to start making this latest push to return to the office? Well, I think kind of when you talk about the, you know, the great resignation, I think so many people felt so disconnected to their organizations. And what we're learning is obviously people need face-to-face interaction, right? So culture and engagement, I think, are the two biggest, most important pieces in an organization. And sometimes you have to be face-to-face for that, like creating a culture and a desire to stay with your company and know that your manager cares for you. I just think that's very difficult to do. We we were challenged with that throughout the pandemic. And I think that's a a big reason why people were leaving their jobs so much is because they just weren't connected to their organization. And so while I know that people love the remote piece, but there's also a piece that, I mean, I love working remote sometimes, but I, I, I thrive on being around people. So that's, you know, that's my thing. And I think with certain jobs, for absolutely, you just need to be face-to-face with people. Sure. So many of us thrive off human interaction. And as you mentioned, we're all finding benefits in the remote piece, but there are just some missing factors, missing elements that you don't get when you're working virtually that are different and can be unique for teams when you bring them back in person. So Totally makes sense that companies are driving that, but what has been the employee reaction overall to a lot of these pushes to return back to office? Has it been largely well-received, poorly received? What are we seeing in the market? I mean, it's definitely a mixed bag. I mean, I think obviously there's employees that really thrived. I've seen it where people just thrive working from home. They're so focused. There's no, they just can stay focused and they can be very, very successful. As an organization, we did very, very well when we were remote. Um, But again, we saw that the culture dissipated a little bit in the company. And I think that's a common thread that we've seen throughout many organizations. Obviously, I work with many different professionals in different industries, and that's been the biggest challenge. So I think it comes with mixed. I think the companies that are offering sort of a hybrid model and a very organized hybrid model where people come in on the same days and, you know, where you can have the culture of the office, but then also enjoy the remote world, I think has been a really ideal scenario. Um, there's obviously jobs out there where you can be fully remote and, and, and you can be absolutely successful. I think in our specific industry, as we hire recruiters and salespeople, you know, this is an outgoing group of, of people that we work with. We thrive on connecting with people. Um, and a, another thing too, I think, again, kind of going back to the great resignation is like, I'm a big fan of, you know, when I had a big office, I could have different deposits throughout the day with my employees, right? And and you can feel if somebody's having a bad day. 
and you can stop having a conversation around their sales numbers and just be like, hey, are you okay? Versus people can fake it on WebExes. You know, you can pretend to be happy and you can say, yeah, I'm fine, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I do think that the, de- the the piece around the deposits of trust are just, as a leader at least, are just so important that you have those in the office. Yeah, I don't, I, I, it's very hard to create that remotely. Um, but like I said, there's lots of jobs that are absolutely fine being remote. And I, I, I love that too. And I think it's amazing for a lot of people to have that option. And obviously they're saving a lot of money on gas that way right now. But, um, you know, I think that the piece around just being able to collaborate, engage, develop your people. I think people crave that development and that, you know, that one-on-one attention that, that they didn't have prior. So I think some people were very hesitant to do it. I think once they were back in, I've noticed it here in Dallas, like now that people are back in and we have a hybrid model as, as an organization, but I'll be here sometimes five days just because I need to be. And half the people are here. So they have the option of hybrid, but they prefer to be around their coworkers. Right. And that's definitely a trend that we're seeing growing within the market is that trend of flexible working arrangements. There's not one set model. Most teams are not necessarily in five days a week anymore, but there's that option to do so if needed. Teams can really create their unique employee experiences that work best for their business, for their employees, and go forward that way. It almost seems to represent a tipping point for a lot of organizations making that decision of what do you want to be? Do you want to be fully in office? Do you want to be fully remote? Do you want to be somewhere in between and, and define what hybrid is for your workforce? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's a really interesting time. So for those companies and organizations that are bringing their workforce back into the office, what are some elements that HR leaders and leadership teams can introduce to really ease that transition back? Well, I think, you know, obviously you have to make it, you know, tempting to come back, right? Like, I mean, I think even with a remote or a hybrid type of scenario, um, having people come in on the same days, I think is really important, right? If it's just scattered people coming in, but when you've got the whole office together, and you've got the culture, the engagement, and you utilize those days for development days, lunch and learns, you know, the one-on-one engagement, a happy hour, whatever, whatever it is, a breakfast, whatever it is to do team building and make it enticing to employees to come in on those specific days where it's, it's obviously work isn't always fun, but you, you try to make it as fun as possible. But then you're also, it's an opportunity where you can really develop your team, right? Like today I'm doing a a financial wellness seminar with the team. And so like how to save money, you know, so it's like, we'll have a, a, you know, we'll be able to do a lunch together and and talk about that. So I think giving reasons for people to come in and opportunities to learn is really, really important. And just engaging with doing, you know, the heavy lifting of engagement on those days and the days that people are hybrid or remote, but that's kind of their focus day of producing, you know, where they can focus on what they need to do and, I think people appreciate the small talk and the little conversations here and there. And the, you know, I, I've, I know personally, I loved being remote when we were doing remote, it was nice, but now I'm like, I really crave, if I do work from home, I really crave the attention of others and being around. Yeah. Others. I think for those who have had return to office experiences or just in-person experiences after so long of working remotely, you do still see that value. You really leave those opportunities re-energized, right. And, and seeing that, Hey, there's still a purpose here, but what I really love that you said there was being intentional with those moments that you've got people back in the office. I mean, intentionality has really been a, a driving force throughout this entire transition into the remote era and now out of the remote era, where you had to be very intentional with your teams, with your time leading teams. You had to be very intentional with checking in and making sure everybody was seen and heard 
Now I think we're learning how to be more intentional with our time in the office and saying, hey, when we are together, it's being used in the right way so that employees feel engaged and feel like, hey, that was worthwhile for me to come in. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge facing HR leaders and facing teams as they bring teams back in is making sure that time in office feels worthwhile. Yep, absolutely. So is it safe to say, though, looking at that flexibility, looking at work from home policies, is that the leading talent priority at this point? Or are there other factors that talent is looking for? I mean, it, yes, it is absolutely a priority, and it's it's something all organizations have to figure out what's best for their organization. Um, you know, I think it is quite the buzz now, but like again, I think the personalized engagement is is at least a priority for our organization. And you know, I mean, I I do think that obviously the remote, you know, you see all the job listings out there, and the remote, it's it's a it's a differentiator for sure. It's it's an attraction for certain people, and 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 people can thrive in that environment, but. I think for at least our organization and several other organizations, just knowing that people are being cared for and engaged with and, um, you know, that personalized engagement is just, I, I just think is so important. That's what's always kept me working for the same company is just the engagement of the, the people around me. Yeah. Can you walk us through a bit of that personalized engagement and just explain again, what does a well-defined personalized engagement plan look like? Well, again, I think it's, it is, uh, you know, I think a lot of it's active listening. It's, you know, obviously seeking to understand what's going on with your employees, um, you know, making sure that each conversation is different. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you meet people where you're, where they're at in their careers. And like I said, we have such a huge tenure base and most organizations do where you have to understand how to have conversations with somebody that's zero to one year and five to 10 year, or, you know, they're going through a lot of maybe stuff at home that's impacting their office. That's a different conversation. Um, I think just when you are an active listener and you actively engage with your employees and you understand them, who they are, where they're from, what makes them tick, that personalized engagement is much easier, but it is a lot of work on the front end to get to know your people. And I think that that becomes hard you know, I was certainly challenged, but I mean, during the pandemic, I was just on the phone with people constantly digging in. But again, when you're with them in front of them and you can take them to lunch or you can take them out or you can golf with them or you can do, you know, different things to engage with them. It's just a, there's that different connection that you can't get when you are, you know, remote. Sure. And again, it goes back to really connecting and knowing the person, make them feel valued. And again, that value comes back and that I think has been such an underlying factor, such a major factor really for employee retention and just keeping teams together and moving forward is, is again, feeling that that they are valued and a key part and seen within the organization. Yeah. So shifting gears slightly, I'd like to look at the employee value proposition. Can you walk us through that a bit and how important is it to have a well-defined employee value proposition within an organization? Well, I, I mean, obviously, I think the employee value proposition needs, you need to live and breathe it every day, right? It needs to permeate the company's culture. It's how you show up each day. Um, it's how you communicate internally and externally. Um, if our commitment as a company is to growth and opportunity, you have to make sure that you're living, breathing that every single day and making sure that people see that and that, you know, like how it differentiates you as an employer is by overly communicating it to your employees and that they not just not just on an email, but they see it and they feel it. Right. Absolutely. And what about for those companies that maybe have an employee value proposition that just isn't that strong? What are ways that they can improve their existing EVP and, and really make it a better experience for the talent? 
Well, I think, again, kind of going back to active listening with your employees and what, you know, it's easy to come up with, you know, an EVP, but if, if you don't have your employees involved in that EVP, if it's not important to them, then it really, you know, it's, it's kind of like even a company vision mission. If it doesn't impact the employees or it doesn't excite them, then it's really hard to wrap around that and get excited about it. You know, so I think if, if you are talking about your EVP from day one in the interview, that's what we really try to talk about in our interviews is that we are a leadership development company and we're committed to your growth and your development. And if you don't show that throughout their career, it can be like, wait, you told me that in the interview, but you're actually not living and breathing right. that. And same thing goes, if I'm sharing that with somebody in the interview and that's not something they're interested in, then, then you have to really, obviously in that scenario, maybe it's not the best hire, but I, I do think companies don't always um, seek to understand what their people want. And so a, a decision can be made around employee value proposition that doesn't really entice them or doesn't include them or doesn't, you know, it, it's just not interesting to them or they can't, they can't wrap their head around getting excited about that. So, um, you know, we've been doing active listening myself, the vice, I actually just got back off the plane from Minnesota last night, but the president, the CFO, myself, and several executives are just literally traveling across the country and meeting with different groups of people and just truly just actively listening yeah. and hearing what the people want is, is what we're doing, what's working, what's not working. Um, and that's been really very eye-opening, but also very, um, I feel very confident in our EVP and people feel excited about it. So I think Again, when you hear that stuff, you're like, okay, we're on the right track here. This is good. Yeah, it's making that connection again with your employees and, and understanding what they need, what they're looking for. And that can factor in so well to retention efforts, right? You're hearing them, you're meeting your talent where they are. Um, I think it's interesting yeah. too to look at just the recruiting aspect of that too, that it's not necessarily just a tool for your existing employees. That can be useful in recruiting and bringing in new talent. Are you seeing that in the marketplace too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think just when, when people feel connected to the company and they feel that we're engaging with them and they understand what the company's about and they understand how they're going to be developed and what their career plan is. I think you know, obviously that, again, that engagement piece is what keeps people motivated and wanting to stay with the same company when they feel cared for. Yeah. Well said. And now a word from one of the sponsors of today's episode, namely, Running HR for a mid-sized business means you hire, onboard, process payroll, keep up with regulations, resolve conflict, organize company events, the list goes on and on. You need a software that can keep up with all you do so you can focus on keeping your employees happy and building that employee engagement we're talking about on today's episode. So here's the deal. You need Namely, the all-in-one HR solution that makes life easier for your employees, your boss, and for you. Namely's HR platform covers all of your essential HR and compliance needs in one place. Namely truly offers it all, from onboarding and payroll to time tracking, benefits, employee engagement, and so much more. Whether you have 50 or 1,000 employees, Namely's all-in-one integrated platform is designed to be used by everyone every day. In fact, Namely just rolled out their newest feature, continuous feedback. Now, you can encourage and engage employees by giving feedback on an ongoing basis. Break away from those traditional point-in-time review cycles and instead, Make feedback a part of the day-to-day -day employee experience. I mean, it's all about being an intentional leader, right? So listen, I want you to build a better workplace with Namely today. And I've arranged for a special offer just for you, our loyal HR Works podcast listeners. Right now, get a free month of unlimited access to Namely's all-in-one HR platform. 
That's right, a free month, but only when you go to namely.com slash hrworks. Remember, for your free month, go to namely.com slash hrworks. And now, back to our episode. So for those companies who maybe are looking to introduce more of a personalized employee experience, where can they start? Is there a good set of rules that they can follow to really build a successful plan? Yeah, absolutely. We have our kind of six rules of engagement as a company, and I can I can talk you through them real quick. Obviously, getting curious about your people, getting to know them, as I said earlier, is really, really important. Staying consistent, being consistent with what you're saying and, and their interest is very important. Finding out what your employees need, you know, what do they need? You know, you can assume you think you know what they need, but if you don't ask them what they need, you could really be messing that right. up. You know, you could really ruin a relationship that way if you make assumptions there. Um, you know, I think a big one for my career um, and my growth has always been getting comfortable with having tough conversations, right? We talk about even the, you know, the, what is it now that not the great resignation, but the, the new, the new one on TikTok where everyone quiet wants quitting to, is, is quiet quitting. Me. Thank you. I don't know why I, sorry, I haven't slept much, but the quiet quitting, right? If somebody is not showing up for work, like you've got to have that tough conversation with them and figure out why are they not showing up for work? You can't allow for quiet quitters to collect a paycheck every week, Right. right? Um, so just being able to embrace those tough conversations around making sure people have what they need and what that we're, we are developing and, the, and that we're holding them accountable. Um, you know, another big one is, is always that we always say is check on your easy employees, right? We always tend to say, okay, this person's having a lot of, you know, we've got to spend time here, but like the easy employees today, right? They could be making great money, happy to be in the job. Um, it seems like they don't need your attention, but as we all know, we're getting hundreds of job opportunities thrown at us every single day right now, right? And those those employees, if you're not paying attention to them and you just assume they're fine, there's other companies saying, we want you, we're going to pay you more, we think you're amazing, this and this and this. And if they're not feeling that in your current workplace, it's very easy to get lured over by that, right? I mean, right. every day some I get emails, I think especially with my new job title, there's like all these new companies that need employee experience directors and this and that. And it's like, I'm I don't pay attention to it, but I could see if I didn't feel appreciated in my job, I could easily get swayed over there. And then obviously, you know, change is really important and expecting change and allowing change because as the world is changing consistently, we have to be able to embrace the change too. And what, and our employees are, our employees are changing as well. And you have to, you know, there's different stages of their life that you have to really understand. That's so great. Thank you for sharing that. That framework really I think could be helpful for getting so many HR leaders set in building a personalized employee engagement experience. I think what you said there too that I really liked was checking on those easy employees, the ones who you can rely on. Set it and forget it doesn't work there. I think that's a dangerous space to get into. And again, they're they're so reliable and so easy to work with that sometimes you need to focus on maybe the more challenging conversations. As you mentioned, that's another key factor, right? Challenging conversations are tough. That's going to take up a lot of your headspace. But those easy employees they're still really important. You need to make sure that they know they're important and valued. That yeah. is so crucial. Back to the challenging conversation piece too. Yeah, that's sometimes the hardest piece and facing that challenge uh, while a necessary evil, you've got to do it because again, that creates that engagement that establishes that engagement across the board. When you have those difficult conversations with the challenging employees, that'll be felt across the teams that even include easy employees. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Well, looking at just talent and looking at the employee experience, is there anything you're excited about going forward? 
know, I think um, I'm excited that people are getting back into the offices personally. I don't know if everybody else is, but just I think, again, that engagement is so important. Um, as in my own role, I'm really excited about, you know, focusing on the specific tenure groups and drilling down what people need at different stages of their career. I think that's really, really important because there's no such thing as, you know, we talk about personalized engagement. There's no such thing as cookie cutter leadership. And like, you know, as, as we grow as, you know, we're, as a company, we've been around for a long time. We really have to cater to the different groups of people. So I'm excited to like, just continue to learn and figure out how to engage with people at different levels in their career, but that they also feel very, very valued. And I think like, you know, like I said, with this, this traveling that we're doing right now with the active listening, we've been really able to listen, but also make sure that we say thank you. You know, we really are appreciating their hard work um, and for everything that they've been through these last four years. I mean, there's not, you know, it's not just the pandemic, but there's been so much thrown at our that at our employees um, and making sure that we really appreciate them has been such an important piece. Um, and I think we, you know, it's easy to forget to do that, but it's just such an important piece to make sure that our, our employees feel valued and thanked and appreciated about and, and, and thank them for their success too. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was interesting what you mentioned about engaging with employees at different stages in their careers. What are the biggest differentiators between maybe your longest tenured employees to those new employees who've just joined a group what really changes those experiences and how do you treat each differently? Yeah, I mean, I think the newer employees are obviously looking for, they need the development, they need the coaching, they need, you know, they need the one-on-one -on -one coaching and a lot of the, not hand-holding, but just they need to be taught. We, we do hire a lot of entry-level people and it's really important to engage them, figure out their goals, right? Where more tenured people are in different phases of their career. They may have they have children now, they might be married, they may have grandchildren, they need more flexibility, they need to be able to get to a sports game. So flexibility and career advancement becomes more important as you become, you know, you, you start your job, you just want to learn how to do right. it. And you get good at it and you want to know what's next for me. Like what's, what, what's my next career opportunity? And there's plenty of people that are very well placed in their careers, but then again, flexibility becomes more important compensation becomes very important. So literally like just learning that and just in surveys that we've done, we're able to break out, you know, zero to two years, what's most important to these employees. So that's been very helpful for me to really understand, okay, mental health is really, really important for zero to two years employee. And how do we help manage their stress levels? Nine to plus years, mental health is zero for them, right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't even show up, but flexibility shows up, career advancement shows up compensation shows up. So that's been really helpful for me to understand, again, just the active listening, doing surveys, and really understanding what's most important to our employees. Thank you for sharing that. The idea, too, that the mental health priority really is prominent in the early employees almost, to me, feels like that's a bit of imposter syndrome you're juggling with. Also, just learning new roles, too. Again, yeah, when you settle in, you know your role, you know your, you know your industry, you know your expectations there. So there's less of that imposter syndrome. So that stress kind of wins way, but there are other priorities that surfaces again, you just advance in your career and look for more flexibility, look for more advancement. Yeah, that all makes sense. That's really interesting. And one thing I think is, is really interesting to dig into too, is that return to office experience is so different for, as you mentioned, you get many new employees who may be fresh out of school and it's not a return to office. It's learning an office. It's entering an office. 
who've never done mm-hmm. it. I think that'll be really interesting to see. Something I'm excited to see is that transition, that learning period for new employees who have never worked in an office atmosphere, have only worked remotely. It seems generally that there's some excitement from that group versus you've got, again, that group who have been in an office experience, have left, gotten used to work from home flexibility, now coming back maybe a bit more challenging. I think that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when companies can be more flexible, like, you know, I mean, there, like, again, there's different levels of people that need different levels of flexibility with their work environment. I, you know, I have twin daughters and they're entering the workforce and they, they want to be in the office. They're like, I want to be people. I don't want to, I can't like learn by myself at home, you know? And I think many companies struggled by trying to onboard new employees during the pandemic, because it's like, how do you really teach and coach them if they've had no work experience before? So I see that level of people just really, I mean, my kids had hybrid work models this summer, but they went in every day because they wanted to be around all their fun friends and, you know, make it fun. Whereas, you know, again, you're later in your career, you may not need that. You might not need that people interaction every single day and you know how to do your job and you want to be done at five or you want to walk your dog at lunch, whatever. But just, I think the flexibility of companies offering that, I think is just really, really important. Yeah. And that goes back to, again, creating that personalized employee experience and just the value of that with companies. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're joined by Estelle Azuno, Director of Employee Experience at Actalent. Now, Estelle, I'd like to learn more about you and your experiences over the last two years. So what's something you've learned about yourself over the past two years that's made you a better leader? Um, I've always been a good listener and I've always been all about the people, but I think I've done so much active listening. Um, and I think it's made me help make the company better, but it's also made me better because I think, you know, you have certain assumptions in your head around how people act or feel or think or what have you. And then when you truly listen to them, you just learn so much more about people and you become much more, you you become more knowledgeable, you become more empathetic, you become a better leader because you are just, I think, just more whole in in your thought process and more thoughtful. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And speaking of sharing, do you have one piece of advice maybe that you've leaned on in your career as you've developed and advanced? that's helped you that you could pass along to our audience of HR professionals? Yeah, I mean, I've probably dropped it a couple times throughout this conversation, but I think just don't ever assume anything, you know, always seek to understand. I think I learned that very early on in my career is like, don't ever make assumptions about anybody. Um, Don't assume that they're happy. Don't assume that they're mean. Don't assume that they're, you know, a hard worker or lazy. Just always seek to understand because there's always a reason why somebody acts a certain way, right? There's something behind that, right? If somebody's super fired up and excited, there's a reason behind that. If somebody's not fired up and excited, it doesn't make them a bad person. There's usually something behind that. And I think just asking questions, seeking to understand, and then obviously you can't do that unless you've built a relationship with the person, right? You can't just go in and ask all these personal questions if you don't have a relationship. So again, I think that the relationship building piece has been something that I've always been from day one in the professional world is like, that's so important. Um, And then being able to seek to understand and just make no assumptions. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. And again, that goes back to actively listening and getting to know somebody and also the value of in-person opportunities, such as returning to an office where you can really help build those relationships. Again, so crucial in advancing your career and just continuing to develop. But yeah, thank you for sharing that, Estelle. So before we wrap, do you have anything you'd like to plug, anything you're excited about going on with Actalent or just in your career that you want to share with our audience? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, it's it's been an interesting year. I think we've spent the last four weeks and we'll spend the next five weeks 
like I said, the, the president of our company, the CFO, myself, and several executives are jumping on planes every week. And it's, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of organizing. It's a lot of money. So it's just the investment that we're making in our people, I think, is just the um, return on investment will be so huge by being able to actively just listen to our employees and really just try to stay quiet and listen and hear what they're going through because people have gone through a lot in the last couple of years and they need to talk about it. You know, they want to talk about just the stuff that is that they're dealing with. So I'm super excited about that. And, you know, I mean, I've got my, my kids are graduating, I have twins, they're graduating from college. So I'm really excited to see where they take their careers. And it's been fun kind of watching them do their interviews. And just, I just remember that. So that's been really exciting too. It's just, you know, hopefully I can help them and coach them and on this stuff. I coach them through like how to do interviews and this and that, because I've had almost 30 years of experience doing it. So hopefully they get good jobs. If they don't, I'll be a true failure, but um, uh, most important is that they're happy. So yeah, so that's, but that's been fun just watching them kind of go through that whole process. That's exciting. And, and congrats on the twins getting ready to graduate. That's an exciting time. And I'm sure they will be in great shape learning from their mom. So Estelle, thank you for sharing that. And if our listeners are interested in learning more about Actolent, is there a website they can go to and check out everything you have to offer? Yes, it's www.actolentservices.com. So there should be everything there. Allegis Group is our large company. There's also a lot of information there as well. Okay, perfect. So Estelle, before we wrap... One question that I ask for all my guests as the closing question, you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor. What is the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Oh my gosh. Always the people, you know, it's, it's always, I think just being in a role for this long where I have the opportunity to um, invest in people and make them better is really, you know, I, I think I was somewhat selfish in my early days as just wanting to make money and this and that. And then I learned that true satisfaction comes from developing people and, having a legacy and making people become successful. So I think if I have an ability to impact somebody and make, make their day better, or impact them by developing them, um, checking in on them, whatever it might be, I think those are just the most, that, that's what gets me fired up each day. That's great. And, and again, you're in people operations. So what better place to do it? Right, exactly. All right. Well, Estella Zuno, Director of Employee Experience at Actolent, thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast. We had a great conversation about the return to work and the overall employee experience. Uh, so thank you again for sharing that and hope to have you back soon. We can keep the conversation going. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I enjoy it. All right. Thanks, Stell. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. 